Well, I um, prayed it, and I'm sure you know it. We, we have a mission statement together as a, a body of Jesus Christ at Rehoboth. And it's winning people to Christ, equipping them to serve. And, and I think it's a really good, I think it's a great statement. And why is that? Because it's based on truth. The words of Jesus when he spoke to the church, when he was releasing them into the world, shared with them, this is who you need to be. This is your purpose. This is your reason for existence. To those disciples and apostles, this is why I poured my life into you. The words and the truth of Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, that's what our mission statement is based on. It's a good and a great one. It's become very... um, trendy, if you will, over the last couple of decades for just about any group to have a mission statement, group or an organization. So I thought we'd, we'd have a little bit of fun with that. And I don't know if you can read that font that's up there, but I'll read them. And so what I want to do is I'm, I'm going to read these and then see if you can guess which company or which organization has that as their mission statement. Okay, so here's, here's the, the first one you can see it up there, to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Which company do you think has that as their mission statement? Anybody know? Yeah, I can't hear you anyways. You might have got it right, but it's, it's Telsa. Tesla? I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Automaker. How about number two? To be Earth's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover anything they want to buy online and endeavor to offer its customers the lowest possible prices. Any ideas? Oh, my goodness. There you go. Yeah. I had to put at least one gimme up there. So, yeah. Amazon. I love this next one. We believe that food has the power to change the world. I'm struggling with that as a mission statement. It's more of a statement, but who do you think has that as something that I guess they're, could be worded a little differently, but um, anyway, we believe that food has the power to change the world. Any ideas? No. <laughs> that might be your favorite company, but no, another mission statement. Chipotle. <laughs> food. So now... Um, a little more um, ministry and spiritually acclimated. What about the next one? Our goal is to empower women and families facing unplanned pregnancies with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions. Any ideas? Life resources. Exactly right. Yep. What about the next one? We exist to strengthen communities by empowering people in need to reach their full potential. Any idea? That would be goodwill. Yeah. So lots of uh, missions and people. And what you you need to know, and and almost if you go to any website or even on products, you'll read mission, mission statements. It's a big deal. Companies want people to understand why they exist. And when I read those sometimes, I wonder, is that really true? Is that really your goal, or is your goal to make as much money as you possibly can? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. That would be awesome. 
if those are indeed some of the mission statements and the things that they hope to accomplish, that it goes beyond dollars and cents and it goes beyond mere economics, but they actually have a plan or a purpose for what it is that they want to do and who it is that they want to be. And that certainly is true for bodies of Jesus Christ. And it certainly is true for us. And there's something called mission, and then there's something called vision. And what is vision? It's the fulfillment of a purpose. So seeing what it is that you need to do to fulfill that mission or purpose that you have in life. When um, I came, the first interview that I had, um, I saw the mission statement, and I was impressed with it. Winning people for Christ, equipping, uh, uh, equipping them to serve. And I thought, well, that's a great mission statement. And so I had an opportunity. I asked the consistory at the time, so tell me, how are you going to do that? What's your plan? What's your vision? That's exactly what I heard. And the statement was, well, that's why we're calling a pastor. So I think that's great. It's awesome for people to have vision in their lives. That's what this morning's truth is going to be about for you as an individual follower of Jesus Christ and then as a body of Jesus Christ to understand and know you have a purpose, but then you also need to have vision about who it is that God has called you to believe. I think that's really important. But just because I believe it's important, isn't that important it's that God says it's important and those are the words of truth that I bring to you this morning one proverb proverb 29 18 that shares a truth a few words that is full and a few words that then are are flushed out all throughout all of scripture open up your hearts to receive these words of truth Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, vision. The people cast off restraint. Blessed are those who keep the law. Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed are those who keep the law. So one thing that I would share with you that's true... um, And it doesn't matter who you are, if you're here and you're breathing and you're sucking air, I hope you realize this one thing. And this one thing is this, that you were created for a purpose. You were created for a purpose. God God knit you together in your mother's room for a, a, a purpose. I think of the words of Psalm 139, verse 16 says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Does that sound purposeful? Of course. And I love what, what, our, what our words preceding that, verses 13 and 14, maybe you know them, maybe you don't, speaks about being fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit you together in your mother's womb. In a unique, profound, wonderful way. Why? Because he had 
plans for you. You have a purpose. And it doesn't matter if you haven't received Jesus Christ yet. Maybe that's where you're at. I'd love to talk to you more about that. But each and every person created for a purpose, for a reason. And if you've asked them into your heart, and it doesn't matter if you're just starting or if you're struggling, you've got all kinds of questions and you're wondering about it, you're trying to get your life together maybe, or maybe you do, and you're just trying to figure out how to grow and move forward, you have a purpose. Do you know what it is? It's one and the same. Winning people for Christ, you're to serve to bring God glory and honor. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor like. A purpose. And so maybe you're asking yourself, okay, I have a purpose. What does that look like? We're going to talk about that more, but I would encourage you to to think about that, about your purpose, about why it is that you're living and breathing and why it is that you were created, redeemed, gifted, and called. A purpose, a purpose that goes beyond flesh and blood. You know, we get really wrapped up in that, don't we? about the things of the world and about earthly accomplishments, about things that that I would submit to you, rot, spoil, and fade eventually. God has plans for you that that are far greater than that, that blow way beyond that, that aren't just earthly, earthly accomplishments, but heavenly things. Things that are divine, supernatural, things that will last forever. Not be here and gone tomorrow. Do you know that? Do you recognize that as part of your purpose for living, for being? Have you grasped that? And have you thought about it and have you prayed about it? That's what this passage is all about, this one verse. Revelation, vision, not drifting uh, aimlessly through life. When there's a sense of understanding, first purpose, but then also, what does it mean then? How can I be? How can I live this out? How can I walk towards who it is that God wants me to be? things start to come into focus. But when there's no revelation, there's no restraint. That's the first part of that that verse. And and I want you to think about that and think about that in a couple of different ways. Because that's how it's revealed in Scripture. And so you would know if you were a group or a part of something where there's, there's no vision, there's no plan... And you come and you ask about it, and, and everybody always just says, well, we're, we're not sure. We don't know. And then maybe they understand a, a purpose. Maybe they have a mission statement, but they're really not sure how to go about it. What happens? There's this thing called drift and aimlessness. And, and there are not too many people I know today that are comfortable with that. 
And it's been true all the way throughout my life and experiences. When somebody becomes a part of something, they want to, to accomplish. They want to, to have things happen and take place. They don't want to just drift and float along. That's not what God wants for you either. He doesn't want you to drift and float along and, and maybe then to, to give your life to things that have nothing to do with his plans for you or the purpose that he gave to you in the first place. And there's two really realities that, that make that happen in terms of that, that driftedness that are relating to no revelation. And, and the first is, is when something simply just doesn't exist. When, when there are no plans, when there are no blueprint, where, where people maybe understand and know, yes, I have a purpose, but there's, there's never been anything put down on paper. There's never been any time spent thinking about what that means or what that looks like. What does that then suggest or mean? You're talking about prayer. We're talking about time with God. So I want to challenge you. Maybe you're thinking about that already. You you have a purpose in your life. How often have you spent a lot of time with God praying about it, discerning it? Maybe a lot. That's awesome. That's great. Asking him, Lord, I know this is who you want me to be, so so give me eyes. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. What, What do I need to do? How do I need to walk? Who do I need to be to fulfill that? I think that's why, why as, as followers of Jesus, there's so much mediocrity. And yes, we have busy lives. Yes, we have lots of things that, that we do. We have all kinds of... I talk to people and their calendars are stuffed full. And I often think about that. And I think about my own life. How many things do you do during the course of the week that have nothing to do with your divine purposes? Maybe a better question is, how many things do you do that do have something to do with your divine purposes? And how do you sort that out? How do you figure that out? You you take the time to talk to God about it. And you lay it before him. And you say, God, I understand this is my purpose. This is who you're calling me to be. Show me. Mold me. Shape me, help me grow, equip me, empower me. Because I understand at the end of the day, this is what's important. Have you thought about that? All of the things that we put up here, everything that we put on this threshold, what what will it matter someday? I want you to think about that. Purpose, 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 and then vision. Help me to be that. See, God wants you to to do things that fill your life with with, with joy, with his presence. People I talk to all the time want to encounter God. And they want to have him in their life. And if they're spiritually speaking, they want more God. But then they never take the time to invite him in or to have the conversations or to figure out how it is that I can have God's presence in my life in profound, mind-blowing ways and be who it is that he created and redeemed me to be. And if it's not there in the first place, that's the first part of that. Where there is no vision, people lack restraint. In other words, they just float. 
And if it's not there, it's not going to happen. You think about that in your own life. Things that maybe you had hoped at one point in time to, to do or somebody that you hoped to be for the Lord. And how does that actually then happen? It doesn't happen by just thinking about it or knowing about your purpose. It takes intentionality. and A lot of prayer and a lot of vision. That's true for churches too. And when you think about that, understanding and knowing it, it, it changes things. We start thinking about purpose and we start thinking about vision. Let me ask you a question. No matter how old or how young you are, if you can fast forward to a day when you knew that you were dying, what would be some of the things you'd be thinking about? One of them would probably be your life. Do you want to get there and think in that moment, what did I do? James 4.14 speaks about our life being a mist and a vapor, and it's so true. Stop and think a minute. And one of the things I love about young people is they're filled with enthusiasm and they have all kinds of plans and energy and thoughts. Vision about who it is that they're going to be and the things they're going to do in this world. I love it. And, and hopefully we can foster and encourage that and do it in a spiritual, God-filled way. But then what happens? You blink and you're out of school, and you're either at college or in the workforce. You blink, and maybe get married or maybe you don't. You blink, you're 30. You blink, you're 40. You blink, you're 50. You blink, you're where I'm at in life. And you stop and you ask yourself, what was it all about? What did I do to be who it is that God wanted me to be? See the importance of these words? God's plan and his purposes are for you not to drift. Not to just exist. Not just to have this job or to do that. or Things that have to do with kingdom. I want you to think about that. Kingdom. Everlasting joy. People who don't know Jesus discovering him. Why? Because you understood your purpose. People whose eternities were changed. Why? Because you understood your purpose. People who celebrated the goodness and the grace of God. Why? Because you understood your purpose. Family members, friends, complete strangers that you didn't even know. You know, it's so easy to get away from that. The other day I was, was um, spending time with somebody who I didn't know, and they were um, a worker. They came to do some things and started talking to him. Next thing you know, God's turning on the light bulbs. And we had a great conversation about eternity. Couldn't do it without the presence of the Holy Spirit, by the way. I'd have been too absorbed in what it is that my plans were. Thank 
goodness, um, God knocked me on the head with a two-by-four and said, hey, this guy's here for a reason. Praying it through, thinking about purpose and who it is that God's calling us to be. If there's not that understanding that we have purpose and we need to know what it is that will help us to fulfill that, there's drift. So part of that is on, is on leadership. Having blueprint, having plans, whether it's, again, a, a corporation. Those, I'm sure that the, that the um, vision and mission statements, the mission statements that you read, and then probably this huge, long diagram and pages and pages of vision and how do we do this are on all of those companies' websites. And, and your, your blueprint for who you're going to be is right here. Pages and pages and pages to help you understand and have it come alive in your heart and your life about how it is that I'd be who God created, redeemed, gifted, and called me to be. And, and if it's not there and you don't understand it or you don't have that in place, there will be a lack of restraint. There won't be direction and intentionality in terms of being. It's just, it's just the facts. Are you familiar with the words of Judges 21-25? Yeah, of course you are. You all can recite that for me. It says this. In those days, Israel had no king, and everybody did as they saw fit. Did you hear that? In those days, Israel had no king, and everybody did as they saw fit. And so you go back, and you think about Judges. Do you know the book of Judges? It was after Moses and Joshua, and we can go back that far. The truth is, God gave to those two plans and ideas about this is who it is that you need to be. You go and you have it to land. You be obedient. You follow my word. I'll give you teachings about that. And so that's what Moses and Joshua did. However, people weren't too thrilled about it. And you can go through and read those accounts. It's not good. Maybe you remember the golden calf incident, other things. And then you get into judges, right? And what happens? People are without a leader. They're disobedient. They stray. Do all kinds of ungodly things. They cry out. They ask God for help. He gives it, raises up another judge, comes in, speaks, shares, hey, this is who it is that God's calling us to be. So they get their act together for a while, and then that person goes away, and the same thing happens all over again, time after time after time after time, until you get to 2125. And that shares two things, two realities that are really needed. Leadership with a vision, and then and then the understanding of, of whatever that means. And you're a leader. You're a leader in your family. You're a leader in the relationships that you have with your friends. Everybody has people that are looking to them for influence or that they influence. Because I don't think I'm just talking about mucky mucks. I'm talking about how it is that God has called you to be. The need for vision. For you to understand. I have a purpose 
And this is what it is that God is sharing with me in terms of how I can fulfill that and who it is that I can be. And the other sense is simply following it. It's not, it's not just knowing it. And, and that's where that last part comes into play. So, so where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, then what do you read? But blessed is the one who keeps the law. See, you can know what your purpose is and you can know what your vision is, but if it doesn't matter to you, you're going to drift and you're going to be aimless. And you're not going to fulfill the purposes and the plans that God has for you. It's that simple. It's a heart thing. God speaks this and he says, blessed is the one who keeps the law. Will you be the one who keeps the law? Will you be the one who's obedient? Will you be the one who follows? Will you be the one who understands their purpose? Will you be the one who understands what it means to be? And to be everything that I created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be, will you? Will you be the one? And if you're willing, I'll take you to places you never dreamed possible. In my presence, you'll see things that you've never seen before. And I will do things in your heart and in your life that leave you stunned and breathless. Do you believe that? It's God's promises. Again, I shared that. It's in chapter 11 of Luke. Starting at verse 9, teaching on prayer, basic stuff. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And then it goes on to speak about God being a good and heavenly Father. He would never make a promise to you that he wouldn't keep, and he never has. He's never broken one single promise, and he has all kinds of them. The question is, do we believe him? Are we concerned about him? Are we striving to follow him? Not just things again on earth, but things that are bigger, greater, kingdom things, kings that will last forever. Again, things that First Peter uh, 1 says won't spoil, rot, or fade. This is a powerful, powerful verse to get us to think about being. So that we'd spend time. We'd spend time with God and we'd ask and we'd we'd understand and we'd know. Not just about again who He wants us to be, but how do we get there? Vision's a road map. Takes us from where we are to where it is that God wants us to be. And that's the important part. Not where we want to be. Where God wants us to be. Always way deeper, more powerful than that of ourself. And how do you, how do, you do that? How do you, how do you discern things? And how do you discern vision and will? And I mentioned that before. I get asked that question a lot about God's will. How can I know that it's God's will? I could give you some answers, and here's something out of the Gospel Bible Tool Study that uh, Mark Scolton shared with us in our last consistor meeting. It's about discernment. And so there's four things. I just want to share those briefly with you. 
The first is this, when we're thinking about vision and whether or not we know it's from God or not. First one is, does it give glory to Jesus Christ? So if it doesn't give glory to Jesus Christ, guess what? It's not his plans for you. Sounds pretty simple, right? But isn't it amazing sometimes how we can take our desires and our will and make it God's? No, it doesn't work that way. God shares with us truth and the things that will bring him glory, and those are supposed to be our purposes and plans. It's not the other way around, even though sometimes we're really good at that. Does it give glory to Jesus Christ? Is it rooted in his purposes and his mission? Or is it about self-gain and self-desires? See, God-led vision always gives God glory, and it's always focused on his purposes and his plans, always, without exception. Number two, is it consistent with intentions and the character of God as revealed in Scripture? Because that's speaking a lot about, um, again, holiness and truth and obedience, who it is that God calls us to be in the midst of fulfilling vision and purpose. I I remember... um, a while ago, and I shared this um, illustration recently that I w- was in some marital counseling once, and it's happened more than once, but I think of this one instance um, so often. And somebody was talking about all of the things that they had done and they had went through, and then they made this statement, it must be God's will for me to be divorced. And I instantly said, no, it's not. Now, there's things that happen in our lives, things that we do. We make missteps, and so do other people. And that might be where things end up, and you can move on from that, and God will forgive you and bring blessings into your heart and into your life. But to say that it's God's will for you to do something that he speaks against in his word is not true. And that's true about how we act then, and who it is that we be. When we act in a way that's inconsistent with God's word, that's not his plans for us. So holiness and truth. Is it consistent with intentions in the character? Number three, do other people who are born again and filled with the Holy Spirit have a confirming witness? And there's a lot of critical things about what this shares, and there's, there's scriptures related to each one of them. Is it confirmed in terms of when we're thinking about vision and and plans and purposes? Um, I want to ask you, if you're trying to figure out um, what it means to be a a follower of Jesus who is doing everything possible that God would want them to do, would you go and speak to an atheist about it? Would you go and speak to somebody who um, is, is not living that kind of a life? No, that's, that's why it says, filled with the Holy Spirit, as a confirming witness. You, you go to people who, who clearly are in the blueprint, who are living their lives according to the Word of God, and who are filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's that witness and that confirmation, and they can pray through and talk with you, and it's been such an incredible thing that I've had the privilege in my life of having people there that I know loved God, and were filled with faith and filled with his spirit as mentors and as people that could speak to me and help me along the way. 
Then the last one is, is there objectively verifiable confirmation? And so sometimes if it's something that's in the, in the future, we might think, well, I'm not there yet. But there are things that we can look at that will help us to know we're moving in the right direction and, and things that are in place. And again, not always things that, um, that we think about, but when we're thinking about purpose and we're thinking about vision, what does that look like to fulfill and to be? that are kingdom things, that are spiritual things. Those are the things that we need to, to look at. And those are, are great ways for things to think about in terms of when I'm thinking about vision for my life and fulfilling my purpose, those are four things that you can do that will help you to, to greatly ratchet up understanding a purpose and then vision, what it is that God's plans are for you. And if you do those things, uh, it's not something that you're, that you're going to regret. Living right with God, earnestly praying about your purpose and who it is that he seeks and desires you to be to win people to Christ and equip them to serve. If that is in your heart, because it's all about the heart, Great things will happen in your life and in your church. It's all about Him. That's what you were created, redeemed, gifted, and called for. Mission and vision. I don't know about you. I don't want to get to that day that I know is coming soon. And then express nothing but sorrow to the great Lord my God who gave me grace to live a life that he had great plans for and to say, I'm so sorry I wasted it. And I don't want to be a dad and I don't want to be a husband who says the same thing to my family to my children and to my grandchildren and I don't want to be a pastor who says those words to the body of Jesus Christ either so I want to pray and be filled with the spirit to know purpose to cast vision for what should be and can be in the great Lord our God and we're going to have a privilege to talk about that more later it's all about the heart will you pray with me Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for who it is that you are, for your presence, for your goodness, for your grace. Lord, so often we get lost in this thing called life. We lose our way. We lose our way with schedules and busyness and obstacles and problems. And we let doubts and fears and we let other things take up all of our time that you so desperately want to have with us to show us, to speak to us, to give us wisdom, to give us discernment, to encourage us, to empower us. So what I pray more than anything else for everybody here, no matter where they're at, they would seek time with you. They would ask the questions because I know you'll give the answers whether it's about purpose or other things that they have going on in their life. Lord, I, I certainly pray that for the body of Jesus as well. 
that you'd help us to understand, oh God, what our purpose and our mission is, winning people for Christ, equipping them to serve. And, oh Lord, that we'd understand what it is that we need to do to impact and influence, to do the things of your hand, of your work, to bring you glory and honor now and forevermore.